Oh, hello. That's so adorable. I told you I did it! I got it! I mean, TTRPGs are about fun and about collaboration. The, what this all builds, what this is all building towards, is more empathetic connections between people. There you go. Go there in the end. Welcome to Delightful Dungeon Diving, a coffee and tea table podcast dedicated to the wonderful world of tabletop role-playing games. I'm Nick, I use he-him pronouns, and this week I'm going to take y'all on a dungeon dive. A dungeon dive is what we in the tabletop role-playing game community affectionately call an area that players will adventure in. A place where they might encounter fearsome monsters, intriguing characters, perhaps find some treasure, dodge some traps, and most importantly, write their story. Today we'll be building up a foreboding and dark swamp, which you can feel free and welcome to use in your own games. I would suggest getting out some blank paper and something to doodle with to follow along. Now the first half, we're going to take it easy and lazy and strolling along. But when we've got everything placed just right, we'll have a walk through the finished region ourselves, and perhaps you'll gain the uneasy feeling of someone watching you from the creeping vines of this swamp. We're going to set up this map as several broken islands of land within the center of this swamp. The syrupy brown water gives way to dark muddy banks, which then are carpeted by moss and damp, dense grass. Scraggly looking trees with creeping vine wrapped trunks and branches that grasp out will dot the landscape here and there. The islands themselves are actually connected by old, almost broken boardwalks. This place was once populated, and in fact, may still be, because right at the top island, we're going to place a old moss-covered hut. Now, could resemble a cabin of some sort, perhaps even a shack. Maybe this was a fishing shack. This is a small location located within the swamp. Perhaps it was a hunting outpost. Who knows, but the players might have a reason to find out. Now leading out from the shack, right at the front door, we're gonna place a glowing, floating sphere of light, a will-o'-wisp. Now, color is your choice, but I tend to prefer a bright blue to contrast with the greens and browns of this swamp. Moving a little bit away from this sphere is a second one, floating above another island connected by those boardwalks. This boardwalk, we're actually going to break up and leave little floating debris in the water, little sunken bits down in the mud, as if this boardwalk just innocently collapsed at some point. Now, who's to say what might be waiting underneath that boardwalk in the water? We'll place a second ghostly will-o'-wispy light upon that next island. Now, the island to the right of the hut shack cabin will be the island with the most tree cover. Now, that tree cover we're going to line with spider webs large ones. A dense little copse of trees. We're going to give spider webs all over the place. But it's not just spiders we're going to place 
in that area. We're going to place a humanoid spider hybrid monster known as an Ettercap. These are really creepy monsters and will serve as a nasty surprise for players. They're expecting spiders and they get this guy instead. Moving beyond the scopes of trees, we're going to go to one of those muddy banks we talked about earlier. Upon this muddy bank, we're going to place a little bit of shrubbery and underneath that, a few treasure chests. Just past the bank in the water can be seen a small rowboat. And if the players were to investigate further, perhaps even going out into the water, they might find the bones of the people who used that boat. Perhaps these were pirates coming ashore into the swamp for refuge and trying to hide their treasure. Perhaps they were smugglers or outlaws of some sort. Now, the treasure is obviously enticing, but what gives it some danger is we're going to place some little mounds in the muddy bank, as if they're, uh, as if they're mounds for things like mud daubers or crawfish. But these mounds, if inspected, will reveal to be much larger than they should be. And one of these mounds will feature teeth. Now, moving just south of those treasure chests, we're going to put another small little stand of trees. In between them, we'll place a tent. And this could be where perhaps a survivor of that boat up north has made a camp here. Now, just following that grass below the tent and off to the bank, we can place ourselves a little scaly reptilian buddy, an alligator or a crocodile. Perhaps this is what happened to that survivor when they ventured a little too far from their tent and from the safety of the land. Connecting this island that we've been playing around on is yet another boardwalk. This will connect to the largest piece of land. And here, amongst the more robust trees, there's more solid soil and ground here. So these trees are a bit taller. Their roots pop up out of the ground and uh, make the ground a little difficult to walk on. Their branches hang low and are rather spindly. Uh, clothing of the players can get caught and torn on this. But one of these trunks is not like the other. This one appears to be a fallen log, but as the players get closer, that log will begin to scurry forward. Viney tentacles will appear from one end of the rotten trunk, and this log will reveal itself to instead be some aberration, some monstrosity, a log monster that will attack our players. Now, as if that wasn't traumatizing enough, in the next stand of trees, we'll place another tree-like figure. But this one, this one will be a forest spirit, a swamp spirit, perhaps even something like a dryad. Now, this figure could be there to help the players, to request help from the players, or to give the players information. 
But it all depends on how the adventuring party treats this spirit. Depends if they encountered the log monster first, or if they came through this area and encountered this spirit before encountering all the other dangers. So depending on how they treat this forest guardian, forest uh, keeper, will unveil some of this region's secrets. To give another point of interest, further along this more solid piece of ground is a broken cart. Perhaps there is indeed a path through the swamp here. That's what this cart might indicate, that this could be a traveling path for merchants. But this cart was met with some disaster. Not only is the cart broken, but there are still relatively fresh contents aboard the cart. The owner of it is nowhere to be seen. Walking north from that broken cart, we're going to see, just off to the left side, an odd glow. Now this is not another Will-O-Wisp, although the players might think that at first. This is an old ruin, and here we can implement some sort of puzzle, a riddle, a challenge for the players to activate this ruin for what it truly is is a portal now where the portal leads perhaps out of the swamp perhaps into the cabin or hut perhaps into a third location all up to you the game master but it provides a small challenge for the players to activate now while the players are fiddling with this ruin and trying to figure out what's going on here, behind them, we're going to place a frog-like creature. Although, depending on where you, what kind of folklore you pull this creature from, it could have different appearances. But here we're going to place something known as a banderhob. This creature is a squat although large figure that is seeking to ensnare travelers and wayward souls. It is waiting right by the ruins. It know these, knows these ruins will be investigated and it is opportunistic. It is waiting its turn. It is biding its time. And when the players are most distracted, it's going to pick off the most isolated member Returning back now to the center of this entire area is the hut, the cabin. The Will-O-Wisps, depending on where the players travel from, where they enter the, the region from, they may not fully understand where, how the Will-O-Wisps are aligned, but once they have ventured out and investigated enough of this area, it will become clear that these glowing blue lights, these fairy lights, are leading to the hut, not from it. Now what awaits them in the hut? That can be left up to you, the game master. From the creatures surrounding this place, these creatures could be seen as guardians as defenses to this home. 
They could be seen as malevolent forces, evil that was attracted to this place, perhaps because of the magics and sorcery inside that roof. Or perhaps this place is a refuge, perhaps it is a bastion against the horridness of this swamp. The choice is up to you. We've mostly been detailing the land portions of this map, but the swampy waters offer a lot of opportunities for creativity. There'll be many mangrove roots uh, jutting off of the land underwater. There could possibly be caves located under here. If the players are camping out in this region, there are plenty of opportunities to gain sustenance from uh, fish, noodling for catfish here, uh, journeying out and adventuring for crawdads in the mud. But again, we have the constant threat of things like crocodiles or alligators. You could even throw in a monstrous sized uh, river monster-esque type fish here ready to scoop up any of the smaller players. The opportunities for adventure, mystery, challenge, conflict, roleplay, all within this swamp are quite astounding, really. It's up to you, the Game Master, to set the tone, to lead your players through the different portions of this. This map can be approached from many different ways. Perhaps the players were marooned here from a skyship disaster. Perhaps they were part of an expedition to come into the swamp looking for something or someone. However they get into this region, we have several points of interest. The hut, the fairy lights, the dense corpse of trees, the treasure chests, the ruins, the broken cart, the forest spirit, the sunken boat. There are many points of interest here to lure the players to different regions. But always, always, always don't forget to reward your players for adventuring into these anxiety-riddled places. So there we have our swamp. I like to picture this place as part of a larger swamp in my games known as the Hookfell Swamp. So now that we have all of our pieces set, why don't we grab our bewitching beverage and splendid snack because every adventurer needs their calories and coziness and let's have a stroll through the Hookfell Swamp. This place is old. You can feel it in the thick, humid air. The trees here don't produce oxygen so much as they trap it, jealously coveting the air and keeping it close and guarded in their gnarled vines and heavy limbs. The water, bronze as molasses and half as thick with silt besides, clings to muddy banks pockmarked with crawdad mounds. Although some of the mounds look rather large, and you swear you can see a hint of ivory from the lip of one. A bounty is nearby, several battered chests that release a cornucopia of treasure when pried open. Just beyond, you spy a boat beneath the mottled surface of the water, 
Shapes lie motionless near the capsized vessel. Not everyone made it off that boat. You find a small tent under several mangrove trees. There's no sign of the survivor, but the yellow eyes sprouting from what you thought at first was a floating log just off the bank tell you the likely end to this person's story. A dense copse of trees is faintly lit by some blue light that immediately seems incongruous with the verdant foliage. Heavy spider webs through the tree branches give you pause, however. Perhaps a different path towards that light can be found. Sure enough, you discover an old boardwalk of nearly rotted planks. Crossing carefully, you've reached a more substantial and solid piece of land. The trees here sport thicker trunks and higher aspirations, but one of the fallen trees has several knobbly bits along its side. When you move closer, you can feel the tension, the anticipation of a crouched predator preparing to pounce. You keep your distance and move away, always facing that odd fallen tree. Now you can see the light. The sapphire glow comes from not one, but two sources. Floating spheres on either side of connected boardwalks across the water and small muddy islands. They appear to lead to a structure. Indeed, a moss-covered abode stands beyond those spider-webbed trees. You couldn't quite see it before, but now the eye is magnetically, inexorably drawn towards the shack, hut, a vine-enwrapped cabin looming at once both inviting and dissuading of your intention. This place is old. Circling around the lights, a merchant's cart lies broken, fresh goods scattered in the grass. There must be a solid path along this bit of land, away from merchants and other travelers to traverse the swamp. Sure enough, the land leading north features a set of stone ruins. The carved blocks form a circular structure, and you're sure if you could just make sense of the markings along the stone, some latent power might be activated here. But you feel eyes upon you. The heavy humidity of the swamp has grown closer, hugs you almost. You ready your weapon. You know there is danger close, and yet your mind is still filled with thoughts of that cabin, that hut. You see the steps to the landing, the door is waiting. You're sure if you grasp the handle it will open. You know there is danger close, but the cabin is waiting. You feel those eyes upon you, the eyes of the Hookfell Swamp, and you turn. Well, there you have it, folks. A dungeon you can feel free to use in your own games or even as inspiration for your story writing. Thank you all so much for coming along with me on this one. And I can't wait to get back to chatting TTRPGs and fantasy and character development and voice acting with my wonderful friends on Delightful Dungeon Diving. everyone here so no one else has to.